Hey everybody, welcome to Generation Church Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name's John, I'm the engagement pastor here, and I'm sitting here with Kyle, our lead pastor. It's such a great day, isn't it, Kyle? It is a great day. We are officially sitting at your kitchen table. It's been a long time coming. Shout out to Jeff for this incredible work, but we are at the table today. I know, right? It's I was going to say, you probably don't recognize it much now that Hannah actually lives here. Let's just say the place is changing constantly. Yes, ever we, so ha- much. We, have, we have seen the setting change. We have clearly we have clearly seen that. There's a couple green plants, not just the one that I was looking at last week. And I know. Candle's burning. The, can- the candle is burning. I know. I got my fancy coffee and everything. You do. Mm. But oh, that, yeah. that was here before. I know. Everyone needs fancy coffee. Because... Mm. I don't know about that. Sorry, Kyle. We're in the Northwest. Everyone else will agree with me. They'll kind of bash you, but it's all right. It's all right. We just need caffeine. Let's just be honest. (laughs) Yeah. um, We need caffeine. No. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kyle, let's let's hop right into it. This weekend, it is exciting because we're not in Colossians right now. We're taking a little break from Colossians. You started a new sermon series. I don't know if it's exciting that we're not in Colossians. It may be more exciting that we're starting a series... I don't know, man. We've been going through Colossians a little bit. I think everyone's cool with a nice little hearty break and get some other substance. It's kind of cool because right now we're, this weekend you went into Luke and we're kind of hopping around in some of the different gospels and some of the different stories going on there. But really this teaching series in which um, you kicked off this weekend is around our value give over get. Mm -hmm. And you began the service kind of running through our five core values as a church. Uh, Kyle, what are they? Come on, let's see if you can do them. Oh, this is this is easy. I came up with them: spirit over self, give over get, story over sin, progress over perfection, and send over stay. Let me ask you something real quick: Is there a specific order in which you say it every time? Because it goes S, G, S, P, S. So I always book. I always have three S's, and I always space them out, and I put them uh, put the G and the P in between. Just to make to make some sort of a pattern, man. You gives me a little bit of anxiety when you do that. I am very uh, chronological. I always like to put them in alphabetical order, aka how they are on the website. Everyone who checks that out, um, I know, and I'm, I think we need to change that. It needs to be the S G S P S. But I guess at the end of the day, it fits because if you actually put them all together, it's kind of GPS. And mm-hmm. so our values are GPS, our navigation <laughs> system for for our church. They help us make decisions, help us oh determine our strategy, and make choices. Did you come up with the GPS just on the fly right there? I did. I'm did very like impressed. That? We just got done with a series all about maps. And the fact that you pulled out a <laughs> GPS reference and talking about faulty maps and finding the right one towards Jesus. And these are our values. Wow. That... You can't plan that. You that's can't. Not, that's not in the notes. That's it's just it's just on the fly. Welcome to Generation Church Podcast. It's the oh, spirit talking, right? Oh, a podcast oh, where Kyle makes stuff up on the fly. I love it. So, Kyle, let's throw. <laughs> let me throw this one up for you. Why did you pick Give Over Get for our first teaching series when we go through a value? Why not one of the other ones? What made you want to emphasize this one? Uh, maybe in this season, in which we're going through. There's a couple 
reasons that I chose to give over get. The first one is give over get tends to be one of the more familiar ones with our church. So it was a very natural one yeah. to, to select because from the, the foundation of the church, we've been a church that has prioritized generosity. So whether it's been generosity feeds or, <laughs> or coats, hats, and gloves or mm. Thanksgiving boxes or other type of donated items, that, that's been a very natural thing for our church. And it's not always something that, that I've spearheaded or I've even started, but it was yeah. something, a core of our church. So in a lot of ways, yeah. I chose Give Over Get because I can affirm and celebrate some of what God is already doing and has done in Generations Church. Mm-hmm. And say, here is kind of who we are, and this is what we've been about. And it's not just because I chose this value, it's because of this is the type of people that God has brought together. So being able to affirm and celebrate what God has already done, being able to highlight just, again, some of where we're at just as a church also. So that that would be my second, is as a new church, one of the things that happens to a new church is you attract newer believers Mm -hmm. or non-Christians. And one of the things that just in church planting you know, pull the curtain back here a little bit to, to share this is it takes some, it takes new believers and those new to the church or connecting with the church first time longer to give financially to the church. Mm. And so, what, and maybe those who have come to generations or go to a new church plant, try out this new church plant because they've been hurt by churches in the past. And so maybe one of their biggest reservations has been around a church talking about money. Yeah. And so I chose give over get specifically in the season because we've we're four months into weekly gatherings. Yeah. We we're at a place where where we have great external financial partners. We definitely want those internally connected generation church to start to give financially. But more than both of those, I want to communicate that generation's heart is about generous living and all aspects of life. Mm. So so we are going to look at money at some point during this series, but that is not the only thing we're going to talk about, and that's not the mm. only thing that's referenced in Give Over Get. Yeah. And so that's that's really what I would say is, is, is one, is I've been going to affirm and celebrate what God is already doing and has done in Generation Church yeah. and who we are as a church, what some of our markers but then two, also to just say, here's where we need this to continue and uh, for people to join in and also those who have been journeying with us a while to say, hey, we are going to talk about generosity and we are going to talk about finances, but we want to make sure that from us as a as a church, specifically Generation Church, you hear that we're going to talk about this holistically from the outset. We're not yeah. going to bring you in. We're not going <laughs> to kind of kind of bait and switch you. We're not going to bring you in, string you along, and then at some point be like, okay, boom, now we're now we're going to talk about money finally. Mm. But really talk about, no, like part of Generation Church, the DNA, one of our five values is living generously. Yeah. When that value, give over, get, is applied to all areas of life, it will touch uh, really multiple areas, so so relationships, time spent, mm. where you serve, it'll it, it affects your finances. But generosity is more than simply giving a tithe and an offering to a church. And we want to make sure, as a church, we are discipling people, we are we're helping people follow Jesus, and know that as you follow Jesus, Jesus wants this generous living to mm. be evident in all your areas of life.
Yeah. So real quick, so we're all on the same page. How do you, how do you define, how does the church define give over get? John, that is such a great question. So what I would say is it's looking to make a difference in the lives of others through generous living rather than always wanting to receive more. Mm-hmm. And so others that may mean our community, that may mean our church. So, so you, even in the looking piece is you're actively searching, how do I tangibly make a difference in the life of others? Which means, means you're wanting to, there's a longing, there's a, yeah. a disciplined choice to do it. <laughs> and what it does is it's other-centered rather than self-centered. So naturally right there in that expression of it, you're like, oh, it sounds like one of your other values, spirit over self. If I'm honest, that's that's why I usually start with spirit over self <laughs> because if we're in tune with, in a, and with the Holy Spirit and we have a connection to God, He will challenge us, He will convict us, we will experience good change in our life that affects other areas. And mm-hmm. so really, it's Give over get, progress over perfection, story over sin, and even sin over stay. Mm. In some ways, permeate from a desire to be connected with the Holy Spirit, be in connection to God, and then uh, these other values find better expression. So being generous to others and all areas of life towards them for them, rather than saying, okay, what do I get out of this? Yeah. Yeah, and And I think that's a very natural thing. Took for us to say in our in our Western, just American culture is okay. When I'm yeah. counting the cost, <laughs> when I'm weighing my options, when I'm doing my pros and cons about what this decision should I make, we're looking. So what is what is the ROI? What is the intrinsic benefit mm-hmm. to me? And what what Jesus says time and time again is, listen, I've promised you an ROI, and that's eternity with me if you've put your faith in me. So stop looking for an immediate ROI and start living like you have an eternal ROI. Mm. I like that. And dude, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Kyle, you keep coming up with them <laughs> on the spot. It's even my favorite thing when you say something in a sermon, I come back and ask you and say, I didn't see this like in your like sermon, like old draft or everything. I was like, was that on the spot? And you're like, yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, that that's pretty good. And it's fun because it's just the spirit speaking and inspiring in that moment. So Absolutely. this weekend, you took this concept of give over get, this value in which we have and we want to live out, and we went to Luke. Mm-hmm. Specifically, you went to Luke chapter 12, 13 through 34, and it's unique because you did something um, similar to what you did last week, and it's kind of not normal for people because there's two different headings here. Like, there's almost two different little sections here in my Bible, and I have an ESV version right here. The 13 through 21, it talks about this being the parable of the rich fool. And then 22 through 34, it just has a heading that says, don't be anxious. Mm. And it seems as though Jesus is doing, having two different conversations. And Kyle, I'm curious. I don't know if it did this in your Bible or did it in mine. Is there a reason why you drew these two mm. uh, almost section headings together this weekend? I, I paired them up because if you're following the story in Luke chapter 12, and even before then, really Luke chapter 9, in the middle of chapter 9 through Luke 19, is really about Jesus on the road to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So Jesus has laid a foundation for his ministry. He's been doing ministry for several years. 
But this is his final journey towards Jerusalem when the Passover's coming, when he's going to be crucified. And what you see is Jesus on the road to Jerusalem, specifically here in Luke, is you see the bulk of Luke narrating his teaching. And so whether it's humility or he's rebuking the Pharisees and there, there's, there's oppression from these Pharisees in this growing group of crowd that's trying to figure out who is this Jesus. We've heard about him, we've seen him. And so you have this large section of teaching, really a narrative from Luke 9 through Luke 19. And the reason why I piece these two smaller sections together is because really the question from the guy from the crowd asking specifically about hey someone has died Jesus will you tell my brother to share his inheritance with me now I don't know if this guy is worrying about money or finances I don't know if he's trying to just get Jesus to side with him I, we, we don't know more of the fuller context. We, we, I looked in the sermon at some of the specific Jewish laws about how the inheritance was supposed to be divided. But what you see in this is a natural inkling for people to be concerned about what they possess. Mm. And that's what the parable is about. Specifically, is your identity, is, is what you're focused on, bound up in your possessions. And then Jesus naturally segues into say kind of a broader view of, hey, this is likely a concern for you. In fact, he says, this, this is a concern for you, but don't be concerned, don't be anxious, don't worry. And then he goes on to explain why people should not worry about their, pos their possessions and then goes on to confirm it. Says, he, he basically says, where your treasure is is, where your heart is, there your heart will be also. But if, I didn't continue this in the sermon, but if actually if you follow after those initial two things, what Jesus does is he talks about being a good steward. He talks about managing the resources you do have. He talks about uh, just people's experience on the earth. And so, again, the, the narrative continues, but what you see is this, this larger crowd trying to figure out who Jesus is, Jesus promising, hey, in times of struggle and strife and oppression, the Holy Spirit's going to give you words to say. Then out of nowhere, this guy throws this random question in there. <laughs> and what Jesus does so well is he says, okay, here's, here's the heart level concern mm. for you. Now let me talk to the group of you. Yeah. And so, so there, there's a natural parallel, even though our Bible, yes, divides it up into to nice subsections and headings. I think these these two sections fit well together. And if anyone hasn't continued on in reading in Luke 12, I would encourage you to keep reading clear through Luke chapter 13, verse 9. Um, because really that's, that's part of the larger section mm. where Jesus moves from, okay, worry and anxiety to responsibility, being a good steward. Um, and actually, when you're a good steward with what God has entrusted you, he will actually bless you with more. And so you, you see how, how Jesus takes this initial reaction, and he just provides teaching that builds on each other that, that counters what we can really be consumed with if we're not careful. Mm. That's, that's cool. I like the connection that we see here in the 
when it talks about the parable of the rich fool, the person that it, on the surface, it almost seems as though there's this possession, worldly, almost uh, items in which he's focusing on and is fixated on. Like that, it seems to be the priority of his conversation. And we shift over into this concept of worry and anxiety. And Kyle, I love it. You had, you had a couple of little good quotes this weekend. And one of them that really stood out to me was kind of in the beginning of your conversation about this guy. And you were talking about um, our life and how um, it isn't an attack of having, like we're not being attacked for having possessions. It's rather when we live for the upgrade, the upgrade will eventually consume us. Mm. When we're living almost as the world, um, kind of the classic, the good life thing that we've talked about before, mm-hmm. it, it gets brought out here again of what that looks like of having more money, having the bigger, nicer house, the comfortable car, the the nice possessions, the fancy coffees and all that kind of thing. There's this level of consumption in the upgrade of what can I get next in comparison to others. And it almost contra- it contradicts this value in which we talk about and what we see in Jesus of this concept of give over get. When mm-hmm. we begin to emphasize getting over our giving, there seems to be this disconnect with how Jesus is living and having this conversation with them. Well, he says that at really a heart level is we can be consumed by this life for the upgrade because we think it will satisfy our souls. Mm. So, so we, we, the root of greed really is, again, wanting and coveting is wanting something that someone else has. One of the Ten Commandments is, you know, you shall not covet. And at the core of that is, is greed. It's wanting things that you don't have. Mm. And it's really, there, there's, when you're always wanting something else, you're not thankful for what you, what you do have. There's a desire to receive more than really what God has entrusted you with, which is why I point out late, later in Luke 12 when Jesus says, is like, take care of what you got and then you'll be entrusted with more. Yeah. But what happens is when we, when we chase after more than what has been given to us, we will constantly develop an appetite yeah. for more. It, and, it's, and it's insatiable. Basically meaning we will, we will never be satisfied because there will always be more to get. Mm. So you get that new phone. Well, guess what? If you're an Apple user, you know every single year Apple comes out with a new phone or something to upgrade. <laughs> and, what, and what happens then is, oh, I have to have that because we get our identity bound up mm. with it. We think it'll make life easier. It, it'll, it'll provide more comfort. It will it, it identifies us because some of us, let's just face it, some of us really get are, are really proud when people notice, hey, you always seem to have have the newest model of car. You always seem to have the newest phone. Mm-hmm. And we get a sense of identity of kind of like, yep, look at look at me, I got the new shiny thing. And whether or not you've ever actually said that out loud, there's probably if you find yourself constantly living for that upgrade you take a sense of, of pride in saying, look, you know, th- this is, this is, I can get the new thing and I can show it off. Mm. Or, you know, again, that, that game of comparison of this makes me better than because I, I have. And so there are all these different layers, mm. but then to simplify it, we've placed our identity in what we possess. Yeah. That, and when we live in that way, all of these temporary possessions can be taken away. Mm-hmm. 
they can, they can all disappear. You can run out on money, like they can get smashed, they can get broken, they can get stolen, um, they break down. And again, Jesus is saying is if, if you're not appreciative for what you do have and, you're, and you don't realize that actually life is more about being generous and you constantly are consumed by what you get, they will they will tight those possessions tighten their grip on you yeah. and the antidote to having possessions tie their grip on you is the ability to be generous yeah and i think there's this clarification that that is made you made it this weekend pretty clear that sometimes people don't always hear when they read these uh, passages of Jesus when he talks about selling everything and uh, watching out for your possessions and the greed that comes with them. And it's not the sense that possessions are bad. It's okay to work. It's okay to get a car, to get a house, to furnish that, get yourself a coffee that you enjoy. It's not that that is the issue. The issue is when those things become your priority and they mm. um, consume your lifestyle and who you are and what you're saying. That becomes your identity. It's who you're wrapped up in is you're the one who has the fancy car, the fancy house. That is what you look to that defines you and consumes everything that you do. Because there's this cool parallel uh, later on, and you pointed this out. I love how you talked about this concept of where he gives this illustration of the birds. Mm. You know, It says the birds don't worry. They do still work. Like the birds just don't sit around and expect God to spoon feed them in the mouth and everything. They go out and work, but they don't worry because they know that God is still going to provide. He's just going to provide in different ways than sometimes what we expect. He's not just going to plop down a house for you and everything. Mm -hmm. But God is going to provide. And so we don't have to be consumed for the upgrade. We don't have to find our identity in that. We find our identity in God. In not in the possessions of this world. In go ahead. Well, I, I was gonna. I'm just. I just. I'm not in my head over here saying. I, I. I definitely agree with you, and that. And where it comes back to, in the way in which we've written our values for generations, churches. If life is about choices, and you look at your choice in your daily living, what is of more priority to you? In your budget, in your time, and in your relationships. Mm. Is your priority, what am I going to get out of, so, like, what are you going to get? So if you're thinking about in your schedule, well, do I have time to go help somebody? Or or do I want to make sure I use this gift card and go get a nice dinner? Mm. Or do, you know, do I have this little bit of money that I can either go get Taco Bell tonight or I can, or I can, I just, I can bless some homeless person, yeah. you know, and I, I throw just, I throw two of those out, just out there because what you see is you see a choice and for some, or, you know, or, or some people that they, they save their money so rigorously. And again, saving is a good thing, but they're never generous because the whole reason they're saving is so that they can get something nicer so again mm. savings a good discipline but what they're doing is in their their hierarchy of priorities mm. the getting of something new is elevated above the 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 ability to just be generous to someone with your yeah. time with with your gifts with your relationships mm. with, with with your money um 
Yeah. It just you you see a shift in the hierarchy, and again, some people may say this. Oh yeah, you know my priority is is God, family. You know, and, and you naturally right there as as you think through that list of okay, if I, you have to figure out where you're going to spend your time, you've got some sort of priority, and you may throw that list out there, and you realize actually. Where where you actually spend your time isn't consistent with what you've just said. Yeah, that actual hierarchy is. What, what I'm trying to say is draw that same parallel to generosity. Mm. You may say, "Yeah, I, I want to be generous," or "Or yeah, this is the, I'm looking to bless others." Yeah, but when it comes right down to it, would you rather? I mean, around here, would you rather get a Black Rock or a Dutch Bros every single Sunday, or spend? You know that save that extra five dollars and actually give it directly to the church. And again, I, I use finances that illustration, but maybe it's not the church. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, you save that because you know someone in the church needs gas, mm-hmm. and so instead of you know using the fuel your your story from BlackRock, you use it to fuel someone's car <laughs> instead. So just just to to, to think about mm-hmm. what is your priority? Are you looking to be generous in the lives of others? Or are you constantly thinking about satisfying your own stomach, your own, you know, your own pride, your yeah. own sense, and fulfilling that on your own sense well, of ide- identity? Yeah, it even reminds me, we talked a little while back about spiritual disciplines. And it brings me right back to that of where is our priority in life? Is the first time I wake up in the morning, am I reaching over to check my phone and social media and the interaction that's going on in the world? Or am I grabbing my Bible and connecting with God and allowing Him to shape my day rather than uh, the social media comparison to control my day? Um, the first thing I do when I walk out of my house, what am I doing? Am I going throwing on um, music? Am I listening to a podcast? Or am I going to uh, listen to some scripture, listen to a worship song and get myself mm-hmm. right for the, you know, we begin asking ourselves the priority of what we do first with some of our life. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it comes back to this concept that you you brought this out a little bit this weekend of when people begin to notice that you do something different, when you do something that's countercultural, people notice it with Jesus and they're like, Jesus, why are you doing this? Why do you think people from the crowd are throwing out questions? Jesus, what about this? When you live a life of give over get, some people might look at you and say, why do you do that? Mm. They begin to notice those things. And you, I mean, we've been hammering this for a while back. But you're able to look at them and say, I give over get because of Jesus and mm. have this opportunity to share of why you're doing this. And I love it. This weekend, oh, Kyle, you, you read a poem. Oh, I made fun of you a little while back for reading a poem because the poem you know, came it, back. It cracks me up. You brought back a poem. You still haven't done a rap. It's okay. Uh, it's going to happen at some point. But you brought out a poem, and it was actually pretty unique, uh, especially when I went back to read it. And it was this concept of the dash. And this guy's looking at, um, what is it, the this tombstone? The What's the... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean the headstone. The headstone. He's looking at the headstone. He looks at the years uh, that he lived. The, you get the beginning number, you get the end number, and in the middle is the dash. And it's almost this question of what people remember you for is that time in between. And it's they're not going to remember... Honestly, at the end of the day, most people aren't going to remember you for the house you had, the car you had, the 
um, fancy watch, the clothes you wore. It's going to be the interactions in which you had with people. And he begs these questions of, are there things you'd like to change as people reflect upon your dash? Um, are you going to get to the end, and are you going to be proud of the things they say about how you lived your life during that dash? Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that can bring about a bunch of anxiety and worry. And you have, you have this concept uh, that you mentioned this weekend of through Jesus, we're able to see that we receive a kingdom in exchange for worry. Kyle, what is the connection between that? Why, why is that a thing? Why does this kingdom almost diminish this worry and anxiety we can have in our life about that, that dash, that time in between, how we live our life and what we do here every day? The mystery of the kingdom is that the more we give, the more we get. And Jesus demonstrates the upside-down way that this comes about through through his life. Is If we think about it, Jesus gave up his life for, for us. So in exchange for the giving up of his life, what Jesus actually gets out of it is pe- the people who are far from him now can be reconciled mm. to him. So, so the people who are alienated uh, from him forever, uh, now through his death and resurrection, through the giving of his life, Jesus has, 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 has his kids back. God, mm. God, ha- God has his kids back. There, there's a forever family back. Mm. And, he, and, and in, the, in the giving of his life, what Jesus actually gets is he gets, he gets a, his body is resurrected. And, and we think about this, it's like, you know, something has to, something has to die for something new to be born. Mm. So a seed, when it goes in the ground, has to die before something can grow. And ultimately, one seed can go in the ground and then produce a tree that has many seeds. So on, on the Give Over Get series, I don't know if anyone caught this yet, but it's like <laughs> the reason there's a handout with an acorn is because you can sow, like you can put that one acorn in the ground and mm. it grows a big new tree filled mm. with many acorns. Yeah. And so the, the thing of the kingdom is, and, and it, again, it loosens our grip on our earthly possessions. It reminds us that our identity is not bound up in the things of this world, but in the eternity, uh, the relationship we have, which is, it allows them, those things to loosen their grip on us. Mm. Um, but it also is, is allows us to just simply plant little seeds of generosity in the ground and see the incredible impact that those little seeds ultimately yeah, you know, you know, make so so one little act of generosity may produce an impact in someone that is tenfold, and actually we are blessed just in in return tenfold because maybe we give we give one thing that produces a again just to continue the kind of the acorn analogy is you give someone one thing plant that seed in the ground then they get a whole tree full of acorns and they may give you ten back. And again, the, the goal is not to look at what we get back, mm. but it's to see that as we give, there, there is fruit, there is mm. growth, there, there is something that physically 
changes in us in, in, the, in that blessing. Mm. And so just kind of to, to come back around a little bit uh, more to the question, uh, in verse 31 it says, but seek his kingdom and these things will be provided for you. God says, if you seek me, if you put my will in my way first, what will happen is actually you will be taken care of. Yeah. I th- and I think some of it is as we look to live generously and model and follow Jesus in that way, we actually become more appreciative, I think, for what we do have. Yeah. And, and we recognize that there are blessings in our life that when we're living for the upgrade that we don't always recognize. Yeah. And specifically, as we look to live and live generously, again, looking to make a difference in the lives of others, what happens is our identity and our joy, and there's a level of peace that we know comes that, yeah, these things may be taken away from us, hmm. but that's, that's expected. And it almost, <laughs> oh, it, there's almost this nonchalant of, Okay, like, so what? Like, move on. I People used to get frustrated at me for saying this, but it's like, uh, I used to say, you know, the, whether it's lock your car or, or, you know, or something gets left out, and I goes, well, if it gets stolen, I didn't need it. Now, you know, and it's, and some people, well, that's not being a good steward. And But be, I, I say this, and again, as we've talked about give over get, man, some of just my background and some of my story was especially in my earlier years, I was consumed with having more stuff, having more money, having you know a better car, investing in it. And it was it was a, a desire to chase after things that I thought would satisfy me. Yeah. So I had to use a phrase like that to almost cultivate in me and remind myself, yes, if something happens to that object, that object being stolen doesn't is my identity is not bound up in mm. that. Who I am is not bound up in that. My worth is not bound up in that. It doesn't it doesn't display something necessarily about my innate character or even even my priorities like internally but but ultimately when I can have a more open-handed posture it communicates to the way I've seen Jesus Jesus work in my life yeah. and br- and bring about that uh, mm. change. And so I used the term earlier, the mystery of the kingdom is the more you give, the more you ultimately get. And again, you're not looking to receive more. You're, you're looking to give more. Mm. And it's it's a mystery. Yeah. Because we don't always see how the dots connect. It doesn't completely make sense. <laughs> but that's the way in which God works. Yeah. We see that in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We see that in the way that maybe a seed is planted in the ground to mm. produce a harvest. Yeah, I love it because you had this. You had this quote this weekend. It was centered around this concept of our desires must reflect our destination. Mm. And I've always heard it said as your destination, your uh, your decisions, not your intentions, determines your destination. Mm. It's this whole concept of we're not we're not living for the now. We're living for the eternal kingdom to come, the kingdom that is already and not yet, mm. that internal inheritance to come. We talked about this all through Colossians, of the hope we have that we get to look forward. And that's where we get this concept of the more that we give, like we can give so much away now, but we're going to get tremendously more 
in the kingdom of God that we can never, we can never even match it. Yeah. The scale is so weighed and skewed the other way because God provides so much, and it's going to be an eternal inheritance to come. And I love it. There's always this. There's this illustration I heard uh, when I was in high school, and I'm almost even thinking of a unique idea, a little bit different. Of there's this rope that goes all. This sermon. Uh, the preacher had this rope that went all the way, stretched across the stage. He said, mm. "He said, I wish I could have had this go out into the street and across the road into the past the other houses, through their backyard, into the field, past the lake, and this rope would just go on and on." And he said, "I wish it could go that far just to give you this illustration." But notice this little piece of black tape at the end, upon this thirty-some foot rope. And he said, "This black little mark to." tie back to your uh, poem, it, this is your dash. This is the time in which we spend here on earth. And the time in which we spend here is what determines that destination for eternity, for the life that goes on and on. And even um, something unique about that, I never realized then, and it's even hitting me now, is that we don't even, it's not just that we help determine our destination, but in giving and living a life that is generous while we are in that dash, we can impact other people's eternal life as well. When we live a life of generosity, of giving, we can have an opportunity to share with people and say, this is why I do this. It's because of Jesus and the hope I have in the eternal kingdom to come. They're like, why don't you worry? Why don't you have this anxiety of the possessions of the thing that's going on in this world? And you can say, because of Jesus, I know the destination that I'm going for. Mm. My decisions are all reflected around there. My intentions and my decisions are matched up and in sync because my priority is found in giving the way that Jesus gave. Yep. And just, just to affirm that is our desire for the eternal treasure outweighs our desire for the earthly treasure. Mm. And that's, that's what we're trying to reflect. And that's what we're trying to communicate because let's let's face it, we're all on the road to somewhere. Mm -hmm. And as we're on the road with Jesus, we, as people throw out random questions, yeah. as people ask, well, where, where are you going to lay your head? Where, what, you know, aren't you concerned about? At the end of the day, we will be able to come to, back to it again and again is I give because Jesus gave. We are generous because Jesus is generous. And the experience that we have is that, is as we give, we see people come into our life that become closer than family. Mm. That as we give and as we live and as we love, and as we are free with the things we have, our, you know, the talents, the time, the treasure, there's those three T's that maybe you've heard before. That as that goes and as that uh, progresses and as we live sim simply on the road we're able to invite others to experience what we've experienced and join with us so that the road that they are on and that we are on that as we travel doesn't come to an end simply at death but really mm. progresses on into eternity and life with Jesus.